Welcome to CYA with Rhonda. CYA means cover your assets, and Rhonda will help explain in today's show what that really means. The insurance industry has a lot of information as to what is covered and what's not. How do you put the pieces back together after a devastating loss? How do you know what the right coverage is? And if you're interested in the insurance field as a career, how do you get started? It's a lot to cover. So let's get started now. Here's your host, Rhonda Lukey. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Seaway with Rhonda. I'm Rhonda, and I'm here to help you cover your assets. Thank you for joining me today. Um, just to let you know, I do the show. Why? Because I like helping people. I've been in the business for 17 years, and, and being in the business 17 years, I've been fortunate enough to see both sides. I've worked on the insurance side for the carrier, and prior to that, yes, I worked for the other side, the good old plaintiff's attorney side that likes to send in the claims to the carriers. So uh, I get to see both sides. I have a feel for both sides. I don't think either is right or wrong, good or bad. I think we all need to work together, get along, and I hope to kind of be a bridge for that for everyone. Today, I'm lucky enough that my guest today is Donna Ingram. She's also co-host of Speaking with Fire. Hello, Donna. Well, hello. And, and uh, Donna is just fabulous. Donna's been in the business even longer than me and has an even more extensive career. Why don't you, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, Donna? <clears throat> well, I am a fire and fraud investigator, and I have been in the insurance industry over 30 years. Thanks for dating me. But anyway, <laughs> and I have a show. We, we don't fire. say dating. Don't we always say experienced in that yes, word? I'm experienced. Okay, we're experienced. <laughs> yes, we're experienced and, ladies. And I like what you said about uh, being on, uh, on both sides and neither one is good or bad. So I really like that philosophically. As fire investigators, we are objective. Um, so most of my work is for the insurance industry, so insurance adjusters. However, we are, we're objective. Even though you're hiring me, um, I am a past director of the International Association of Arson Investigators, and our motto is we are truth seekers, not case makers. So we and go in that. unbiased. That's why they hire us. We go in objectively. We're experts, and we go in unbiased, and we determine origin and cause of fire. And, and I absolutely love that. And I got to tell you, Donna, you're one of my favorite people. I have a handful of experts in the field that I'll use on any claim that I have. And the reason why I love them the most is because they're like you. You just want to tell me the truth. It is what it is. You don't vote for one side or the other. It's just here are the facts and here's what we know. Here's what happened. I love that about you. Exactly. And, and, and so of course, in a court setting, you know, there, there is a, we have to overcome being a hired gun per se, because just because the insurance company hired us, uh, there's some people out there that assume, well, you know, they're going to go out and they're going to find what the insurance company supposedly mm -hmm. wants them to find. And the oh, thing yeah. about insurance companies is they also really are objective, too. They're, when they hire us, they're not saying, go out there and try to find something. That is not how it works. No, no. And, and actually, and I have a, um, I have a engineer that I use um, out of Ohio, and I send him on different places, and I'll never forget. And he knows this is why I use him, just because he's just like you. I will never use an expert unless they, they truly want to be objective and just give the facts and here's what it is. 
Um, but I'll never forget the day he called me, and, and I intentionally sent him out on this loss because I knew what we were going to find. Uh, I, I knew there was going to be hail damage. I just didn't know to what extent, and I was okay with it. That's what it is, what we're here to pay for. But I sent him out on it, and he called, and he said, Rhonda, I just want to let you know, I, you got a lot of damage you're going to pay for, and I'm sorry. I'm like, so? Don't care. Because I know it's so nice calling you for that because most carriers are like, ooh, how much? I'm like, I really don't care. <laughs> Give me the facts. Let me cut the check and move on. And you are that way. Every time I've uh, talked to you about different claims and that, you, you, you are wonderful and you're, you, know, you love to give both sides of here's what I do know, here's what I don't know, here, here's what it is. Um, but anyway, um, folks, I, I'll be honest with you, Donna's more of a cohort, I think, with me. Um, you may find us more um, after a fire heading out for dinner and enjoying the evening. Um, but I brought Donna on because she is an expert in fire, and I adore her for that. And I was hoping today she could help talk to us about um, some common causes of fire because we're going to start off this new year, people, um, trying to reduce the amount of fires we have in our houses, our businesses, um, and anything else. And hopefully Donna can help uh, break that down a little bit for us today give us some common causes um, of fires, maybe uh, a little bit of tips on preventing them, some things to look for, and and we'll go from there. Donna, talk to me. What do you find? What's your most common fires you run into for homeowners? Well, the most common cause of fire is definitely cooking fires. That is leaving food unattended, cooking, um, grease, um, we were talking before you and I about uh, frying turkeys <laughs> around Thanksgiving, gonna, okay. which, by the way, Thanksgiving <laughs> is absolutely the day that we see the most cooking fires. Um, that's okay. number one day because everyone has their ovens on, although ovens only account for about 13% of fires, cooking fires. It's mostly leaving things on the stove and walking away, and then you have a grease fire and so forth. So that's your most common cause of fires. Okay, so, so talk to me about this, because, it, and I told you this, and okay, I'm just going to admit it, people. Why? Because eventually I'm probably going to have an accident. I'm doing everything I can to prevent it. I am the worst person when it comes to throwing my bagels in in the morning in the oven. I, I probably burn literally 40% of all bagels that I purchase, and they're tossed. Um, so I'm an oven person. I'm okay. I don't do much on the grease. What, for people who love to do the, and I know so many people still do fried chicken, even though we're trying to eat healthy, but still doing fried chicken and other fried things, um, stuff on the stovetop, what are your best recommendations if you're doing stovetop, you know, working with grease? I, I, one, me, I have a fire extinguisher handy. Why? Because that's me. Right. I burn stuff. Well, here's the thing. It, it really is about being unattended. Your presence is going to prevent that fire because you're going to see that it's happening and you're paying attention. Um, If you have a grease fire, for example, um, first of all, no water. (laughs) Do not use water. Water in in grease, that's actually going to cause it to flare. So the best thing that you can do if you see that, that you're having a problem is to smother it using a lid. Uh, Turn off the burner immediately. If it's in the oven, Mm -hmm. keep the door closed. Don't open that oven door. Um, But one of the things, uh, baking soda and salt, but not water, you can use that on a grease fire. 
the thing is, and most injuries occur, 55% as a matter of fact, are people that are actually trying to put the fire out. So if it's, if it's that much of a problem and it's out of your control, you can't smother it, get out. Get out. Do not try mm-hmm. <laughs> to, to I, put yeah. it out yourself. It's not worth doing it yourself. But you're right. If you, if you, let's start with the basics here, people. If you're cooking with grease, there's odds are, well, let's start with, okay, you're heating it up grease because I'm sure that's not flammable at all. But if you're doing that, don't leave it unattended. I agree with you, Don. And I'm saying this as I probably burned a batch of bagels just now. But, uh, yes, I'm good for stepping away, going, but I'm coming right back. Definitely, I agree with you. Never leave it unattended, ever, because I'm, I, I'm an insurance person. I do it, and I burn my stuff. So trust me, people, it happens way too easy, and I agree with you. Just don't leave it unattended. So I'm not letting you off the hook, Donna. I adore you, I really do, but I'm not letting you off the hook. You talked about turkeys and fryers. <laughs> well, I, I have you, a personal you know I'm experience with that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I have some words of wisdom here. Uh, if you're going to fry a turkey, which involves a burner underneath the pot and a lot of grease, <laughs> a lot of cooking <laughs> oil, which is boiling... <laughs> And you drop a wet, cold turkey into that, there's going to be Mm -hmm. a reaction. And at times, that grease will come up over the pan. Well, what happens when you have oil coming up over a pan with an open flame? You have fire. And if you do that in your garage, it's going to catch Uh fire. The grease going on the ground is going to Mm -hmm. catch fire. And, yes, I attempted to... uh, take my house down one time. This was back in the yeah. 80s. <laughs> By doing mm-hmm. that. And we know Love better. Her. This is the sad part. You and I know better. I, I walk away half the time with my bagels burning. You throw a turkey in a fryer. We know better. But yes, yes. we do it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that's just it. Um, <laughs> there's, there's where things can become a problem. And you just need to take the steps. That was a very stupid thing to do. You don't cook turkeys in a garage because of the very potential mm-hmm. of that. I was fortunate. There were enough of us to grab it and run. Nobody got burned. That could have happened. The garage mm-hmm. didn't catch on fire. That mm-hmm. could have happened. Um, mm-hmm. and, and a lot of times it does because people don't know how to react or they overreact and they knock it over. Now you've got a huge fire. So, oh, yeah. Uh, it was a very stupid thing to do, and and this is how things happen. But the the, the best thing to do is be preventative. Don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> Don't yeah. do no, those I mean, things. Here's to, yes, we are intelligent ladies, public. We really are. We're actually very fun ladies. But yet, we still do these things that we're telling you not to do. So people take it for granted, those simple things, um, all the time that we tell them, don't do it because we just think, oh, it won't happen this time. Oh, well, I'm paying attention. No, 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 people. Just, just listen to us. Don't do these things. Talk to me. What's another one? What's another common household uh, fire we're going to prevent? Absolutely. And since we're around the holidays, candles and smoking. <laughs> candles being the main thing. And, and on my show and throughout all my websites, uh, we talk about not using candles on Christmas trees. Christmas trees, um, real Christmas trees, 
actually within 45 seconds, they will go up like a gallon of gasoline. And if you put real candles on there and you have an open flame or candles around, you have quite a problem there. Um, Candles also, I mean, just unattended candles with children, pets. They can be knocked over. Uh, Children are curious. They don't understand the consequence of fire. And Mm -hmm. they can get burned and, and also knock candles over into bed clothing, et cetera. So that's, that's one of the, the second highest causes, especially around the holidays. Well, okay, I've got to ask you, just because you said candles on the trees, you know, I'm picturing, but help me, what's the old Christmas show, um, the three ghosts of Christmas, I, uh, the show where Ebenezer Scrooge. Okay, when you look at that show back then, yeah, you put your cute little actual candles on a tree. Are you telling me people still... But candles, candles, hello, wax a wick, candles on a tree? It can happen. I haven't seen any of that recently in the last several years. Um, but I have seen the use of candles near trees. And, and that, again, being knocked over, things like that. Uh, things have gotten a lot safer, thank gosh. You know, over the okay. last 30 years, fire safety has become, you know, front and center and people are paying mm-hmm. attention, and, and the fire departments are doing an excellent job of getting out in the community, going to grade schools, and even, you know, educating children about mm-hmm. the dangers. And also the usage, we also have the use of smoke detectors and fire extinguishers and sprinkler systems. Sprinkler systems are becoming common in some areas of in homes now. The National Fire Protection Association actually has a sprinkler initiative for homes. It probably would add really? three to four thousand dollars to the the building of a home, but you actually have sprinkler system in your home. That is huh. one of the best the smoke detectors being the best to save life injuries. Mm-hmm. And the uh-huh. actual sprinkler systems to extinguish the fire quickly and less damage, um, you know, less less risk of, of fatalities and all that. So it's it's really become okay. good out there. The NFPA has done a good job. Fire service is doing an excellent job. Um, a lot of the fire inspection, the guys that that actually do origin and cause for the fire department, also do fire safety. So they're crossing over in both arenas so they know how to prevent and determine what caused it, which is one and the same. They're wanting to find out what caused it so that they can get out there and prevent it. Okay. I'm I'm blown away that that's, you know, something that we're looking at doing now, putting sprinkler systems in homes, and I'm beyond tickled, beyond tickled. I was tickled when they came out with code uh, way back when of, um, you know, everyone had, first of all, there was a time when smoke detectors weren't even code in dwellings. Those came around. Then you have code with that. But we, you know, the NFPA increased it. And and now code is you have to have it um, also hardwired into your dwelling. So if your batteries die, you still have an electrical source for, and I don't know code everywhere. I'm just saying in general, I know when I built my house, uh, code was that we had to have the uh, smoke detectors hardwired in electrically as well as battery. And the fact that the thought of uh, a potential let's do sprinkler systems to save lives too, people, oh my gosh, 
if you have the means, if it's a if it's a possibility in your building, oh, by all means, please do it. I that's news to me, Donna. I love it, and yeah, I'd love to see that everywhere. That would just be perfect. Um, and the loss uh, of life. I mean, the loss of life in fire. Um, it, it, those are the things that the smoke detectors being the initial thing. Those are those have been proven over and over to save lives. Absolutely. And yes, yeah. like I said, the sprinkler systems actually prevent further damage. And so well, it's yeah. a, and for two to three thousand dollars, you know. And I or, guarantee you. If you start putting a sprinkler system in your homes, and by the way, we got about 30 seconds here as, as the lovely engineer is typing to me, um, the rating, when you have um, protective devices in your home for your insurance, you actually get credits for it. Can you imagine the credits that carriers would start putting out on, their, on the premium for a house that actually has a sprinkler system? Right. It'd be, it'd be awesome. Yeah, you're putting money out front. First, people, but hello, it saves your life, minimizes damage, and you're really recouping it back. She wouldn't probably be paying as much premium. I love it. I love it. I don't know what I'd do without you, Donna. You're teaching me things. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. We're going to take a short break uh, here, and when we come back with Donna, Donna's going to give us a few other little tips um, about what causes fire, what to look for. Uh, we can talk about a few different things here and what you bought in presents and how we can help keep you safe. So, we'll be right back for more CYA with Rhonda on Voice America. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Dialogue is the single most powerful leadership tool we have to make a difference in the world. Leading conversations with host Cheryl Esposito creates a place for that dialogue. Tune into the Voice America Business Channel every Friday as Cheryl hosts new conversations among leaders from around the world in business, government, art, economics, and social change. We'll explore big ideas and everyday actions and learn how their own leadership has led them to discover a newfound sense of possibility in the world. Leading conversations with Cheryl Esposito, bringing big thinkers together in conversations that make a difference right here on the Voice America Business Channel every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Why? Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Voice America. 
You are listening to CYA with Rhonda. To reach Rhonda Lukey or her guest today, you're welcome to call in to the live program at 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. Want to drop us an email instead? Send it to CYA with Rhonda at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. Hello, everyone. Thanks for uh, joining us back again. My guest today is Donna Ingram, and Donna is helping us out learn what we can do to prevent fires for the new year, some things to look for. Um, Donna, before we took a break, I, I yes, I, I threw you under the bus and had you tell the turkey story, um, how you did a boo-boo with a turkey at one point frying it, and we've talked about candles. Um, I'd like to touch on a couple little other things that we can do to prevent fires in our house? Give me some tips. Well, another thing that is prevalent during the winter, during the holidays, is space heaters. Space heaters have come a long way. Uh, They do have safety devices now. If they tip over, they'll turn off, things like that. However, no matter what, with all the, the, the screens on them and the tip over devices, people are key. You cannot put them, they give off radiant heat. And what that means mm-hmm. is because they're heating the air, they're, they are also heating objects near them. Uh, throwing things onto space heaters or, or setting them too close to an object, say a, a couch, a chair, a Christmas tree, those things, mm-hmm. those things can ignite. And so space heaters are another thing that we see during the winter. And it's improper use of them. Um, some of the, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, isn't there an issue with space heaters and, um, help me, help me, help me. You can't smell it. The carbon monoxide issues. Well, because it's, uh, there's, there's different types of space heaters. What, what it is, is basically you have a coil, it's being heated and whether it's blowing, you have a blower where it's actually blowing the heat at you or, a lot of the heaters out there now are just radiant where the coils just, you can see it, it's red hot. I mean, it's literally red hot. Mm-hmm. You can't touch mm-hmm. it and things like that. So, no, there's no odor being produced because it's not actually burning anything. It's not like a fuel or anything like that that is, you know, like a generator would be or any, or any type of a device like that. It's actually radiant heat. It's in convected type heat. So it's, it's just heating up a metal and exuding radiating heat. So there is no odor that comes with that. Okay. What, what's the mo- common monoxide poisoning? I'll be honest with you. I, I bought the detectors. I plug them in my wall and that's about all I know about it. Um, what causes the carbon monoxide poisoning? What is that common from? That's another, that is a, a odorless, you're not going to smell carbon monoxide it's it's Uh a gas and it's toxic and that's how that so if you think of you you know if you put a car in a garage and in the exhaust fumes that is actually fumes those are toxins being produced by the heat so here let's talk about fire for a minute because fire is Uh a chemical reaction so it's rapid uh-huh. oxidation. Basically, it's when substances combine chemically with air, common air, oxygen, and then they give out light, heat, and smoke. So they're combusting. 
So oxidation being, if you think of oxidation, rust is slow oxidation. That's how things turn orange, and it's a chemical reaction. Fire is actually a combination, a, a rapid oxidation. And so it's a chemical reaction. It's scientific. It has to do with atoms and ions and everything that you learned in high school that you don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't even think I learned it there. I just I showed up on those classes, smiled, and waved. I, yeah. No. That's well, why right, you're, right. That's well, why so you're in charge fire on needs, that Fire needs oxygen, heat, and fuel. Fuel being uh, can be an object, can be... You know, any any common thing in your house is, is what mm-hmm. a fuel anything is. Anything that or, Anything. Right. And so it usually takes an event. We have what we call a fire triangle, oxygen, heat, fuel, and then you have an event, typically a human event where something has caused these things to combine, and then, boom, you have rapid oxidation, combustion, and you have fire. And it always kind of, we were talking the other day, and no matter what the type of source is that, that eventually makes the combustion start, it all tracks back down to a human event. Um, <laughs> it, it does. It, okay, the, the electrical went wrong, but why did the electrical go wrong? Now, for me, and, and this is something that I'm trying to tell people because before I got into insurance and I built my house, I thought I was creative, and said, you know what, I'll do my own wiring. Let's get out the do-it-yourself book. It can't be that hard. Um, <laughs> how often do you see fires where it's the do-it-yourself thing? It is, I mean, do you recommend the do-it-yourself wiring? Do you recommend, fine, do-it-yourself, let's get an electrician? How prevalent are do-it-yourself wiring projects? Uh, never. I'm, I'm not an advocate of do-it-yourself, and here's why. For example, a lot of the renovations... Wait, hold on. Let me stop you right there. So you're telling me what I did was wrong and I need to get an electrician out tonight to double check what I did. (laughs) Maybe. Okay. Maybe you did it right. Yeah. It it depends on how well people can read. (laughs) Well, I can read, but we had technical (laughs) difficulties hooking. Just so everyone knows out there listening... Ten minutes before we go on the air, I'm having technical difficulties with my hookup, my computer. I don't have my normal hookup. So what are the odds, Donna, am I do-it-yourself electrical wiring that I'm okay? Yeah. Here's what okay. happens. And, and mm-hmm. I'm not an advocate for people to do it yourself if you're not licensed because there's a lot of training and so forth that goes involved. And here's why. For example, I'm going to use the Northeast. You have a lot of homes, older homes in the Northeast that were built between the 1880s, 1930s that are being renovated. The thing about uh-huh. that is between 1880 and 1930, knob and tube wiring was used. Now, knob and tube in itself is not really a much of a danger. I mean, it worked. It worked well. Where we have a problem, knob and tube wiring, by the way, is copper wire. It's just insulated copper wire, and it runs between conductors. The thing about that is, is it's not grounded. It's not a grounded system. Never was. People go in and splice in other wiring, like your Romex and your BX, which is what you see Uh now. You see Romex mm-hmm. and BX wiring. When you go splicing into an ungrounded system, even if you have a ground in your outlet, it's probably not grounded because the knob and tube system is not a grounded system. And the problem with knob and tube 
is those wires heat and people blow insulation now into attics and and they are actually blowing insulation onto overheating wires. <laughs> so let's that's where we cool. have a problem with wiring is when something's been altered and it's not done properly. And because of all of that and because of what I've seen, now I don't advocate I I personally don't advocate <laughs> do it yourself projects. <laughs> so all right, so I'll be looking for an electrician later today. If anyone wants to give me a call, come check out the house. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I can't say you're wrong there. And I have seen in, in adjusting claims, I've seen the simple do-it-yourself projects that have went awry. Um, I can't say I've seen electrical. Uh, I've been fortunate enough I haven't seen electrical do-it-yourself um, that went awry, but I do know that they're out there. Um, but and, and something that we talked about Electrical, when you have a fire, you have the triangle. You have the three components that are involved. Well, any time that you have oxygen, a fuel, and, and, and electric, you're, you're going to have the potential for fire. What are household appliances? I mean, those I can tell you in my, in my career, I can't tell you how many we've had subrogation on. Um, because of the elements involved, you generally have household appliances that run 24-7, such as a refrigerator, um, the furnace, the, all this is hooked up and running. Um, talk to me about appliances, Donna. What do you recommend? I mean, should people be having a serviceman out once a year, once every other year? Is this something that's common? Well, typically, no. I mean, the appliances, of course, stoves, and that's usually a human event. You know, that's where you mm-hmm. have an appliance. Um, Years ago, and actually right now, uh, dishwashers, the, the electronic motherboard of the dishwasher, that front panel, we had a problem, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to name the manufacturer because I'm not here to do that to anyone, um, mm-hmm. but there was a recall because it was overheating. The, the mm-hmm. motherboard was overheating, and then there's plastics. Everything there's plastic now. And so when you have a, an event where something is overheating, the plastic's going to catch on fire, boom. You have, you have a further fire. It just progresses. Right now there is, and I'll encourage, and I know we'll talk about this a little bit later, but um, about recalls, but since we're talking about mm-hmm. appliances, there's a recall out right now on, on a dishwasher. And I'll direct everybody to the website, but it's the power cord is overheating. It's not the motherboard. It's actually the power cord. And so Mm -hmm. it's good to always check for recalls and take a look at the appliances, even from the past, especially if you're going to buy a used appliance. um, Yeah. Just go to the website, and I'll just say it's the Consumer Product Safety Commission. So it's cpsc.gov. And mm-hmm. you can even do a search, you know, for dishwasher, do a search for, mm-hmm. you know, fire hazard, and, or search for a particular t- appliance and see if there's a recall out there. And here's the and thing about recalls. They can be voluntary or involuntary. Voluntary recalls, uh, for example, right now, and we'll talk about this later too, uh, the fire extinguishers that are being recalled mm-hmm. right now. That is a voluntary recall. A kid actually said, hey, we're recalling this first. It's out Mm -hmm. on the CPSC site. CPSC can force a recall or a 
a manufacturer can actually do it themselves. Right. And, and you know what, let's just move forward with this recall issue because I'm, again, I am probably the worst person that should be telling people how to protect themselves only because everything that I'm telling you to do or not to do, yeah, I'm, I'm the one doing it or not doing it. So it's one of these do as I say people, not as I do. And um, the fire extinguisher, we're talking about safety recall, um, the Consumer Product Safety Commission, United States Consumer Product Safety Commission. And like Donna says, they can be voluntary um, to put them out there or they can be forced by the CPSC to put them out there. But I strongly recommend, I admit it, I never do it. This is my New Year's resolution, people, and I want everyone to start doing simple things like this. We, you know, we want to do things to help ourselves be healthier, lose weight, quit smoking, yada, yada, yada. Well, you know what? Let's protect some other assets that we have, too, such as our home, our family, our autos, all of that. And one of the things to do to do that is, yeah, be one of those people. I, I have a friend who does this. She is as soon as she gets a product, or even before she gets a product, she's the major, I'll research it for five days on the Internet, 50 different websites, has it ever been recalled, create create a problem or anything. If you don't want to go that extreme, that's fine. But people, I I can't stress this enough because um, before doing the show, I decided to go on to the Consumer Product Safety Commission, and let's just see for kicks and giggles some stuff that's been recalled in 2017. And when I pulled it up, my eyes popped open. I went, Really? I would have never thought that could be a potential hazard. I, I, I had no clue. So please don't do as I do, and I'm going to make this many years resolution. Donna, you're going to keep me on track to do it. Um, when I purchase something that has any type of mechanical involved, I am going to actually look on the Consumer Product Safety Commission. I'm going to see if there's been a recall. I'm going to check. Why not? That one little extra step can save yourself. Um, Donna had talked about dishwashers. Um, if you go on there, I mean, it was almost half a million of these dishwashers were sold. So I know me, I like to put the dish, dishes in there, turn it on, and set it for when I leave so I don't have to hear the thing run. So basically, I'm leaving my house unattended with this appliance running with a potential hazard. So please, people, be safe. Check out the Consumer Product Safety Commission. Um, dishwashers are one thing. Fire extinguishers, Donna. <laughs> <laughs> you had mentioned that. <laughs> well, you know, hearing with the fire extinguisher um, is actually you 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 get a fire extinguisher, you expect to be able to use it. These particular mm-hmm. ones, and it was almost what thirty eight million sold. They're clogging, yeah. um, and it's it, you can go to kids' website, which is www.kidde.com. And they actually mm-hmm. have a place for you to check and look at the serial number on your fire extinguisher and see if it's part of the recall. Uh, so you can yeah. go directly to their website. Um, but it's clogging up, so basically it's ineffective. You may as well just throw it at the exactly. fire and, and leave because it's just not going to work because it's clogged well, up. And tr- <laughs> it wasn't like it was one. It wasn't like it was two of them out there, not even 1,000, not even 5,000. We're talking thirty-seven over 37 million of them. Yeah. So, that's a lot to look at, people. It's something we take for granted. We're like, yeah, I'll check it later, check it later. Check it tonight when you get home. Check it. Um, what are some other common household items that we found when we... Oh, you're going to tell me about lithium batteries. 
You're going to tell yeah, me about lithium batteries. We have li- one minute left. Wait, we only have one minute left. I, I like doing that. Why? Because my engineer <laughs> loves when I actually time out on time, people, instead of going over the commercial. Um, but Donna, God love her, she gave me a great education uh, the other day when we were chatting about lithium batteries. And lithium batteries are in so much stuff anymore. Uh, the biggest mm-hmm. that we involve in is the um, our laptops, our com- you know our computers. And when we come back... Donna's going to explain how lithium batteries work, and we're going to talk about a couple different things um, that people deal with every day in their lives and and maybe even some fun-filled toys that are things to watch for on lithium batteries, Um, and she'll educate us on that. So uh, we're going to take a short break yet again. Please stay tuned because we're going to save you and your laptop when it blows up. Right, Donna? (laughs) Right. (laughs) All right. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you or someone you know interested in attending college? With both college tuition and college enrollment up 60% since 2002, there is a lot of competition, and careful planning needs to be a part of the process. Tune in to Getting In, a College Coach Conversation, hosted by Elizabeth Heaton and featuring a team of college coach experts. We'll bring you the tips, techniques, and know-how to navigate the road to college and do so the smart way. Listen live every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to CYA with Rhonda. To reach Rhonda Lukey or her guest today, you're welcome to call in to the live program at 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. Want to drop us an email instead? Send it to CYA with Rhonda at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. Hello, everyone. Thanks for rejoining us. And I know you were rejoining us simply because I mentioned laptops and how we're going to help you. And, well, pretty much everyone owns a laptop nowadays or works on one. Um, I'm here with Donna Ingram, and Donna was kind enough to help educate me uh, on some lithium batteries when I mentioned to her a story. Um, Let me give you the scoop, and then Donna's going to explain to us and tell us what we can do to watch. I had a friend of mine. um, He works in IT. He was mentioning to me one day how they had been sitting around a conference table for a few days in a row, and he kept checking out the lady's laptop beside him and thinking, that's a really beat-up laptop. That looks like crap. I think it's cleaned up. 
next day she comes in. He's like, wow, she must have dropped it. It's kind of deformed a little bit on the side there. That's looking really weird. And by the third day, he looked at her and said, I need your laptop. I'm taking it out of the room. We have a problem. And he took it out of the room and explained to her that, you know, these are dangerous. Things can happen. They can blow up, yada, yada, yada. And when he went back out uh, to behind the building where he had put the laptop to take care of it here shortly, it had already blown up. Um, the battery in it, the lithium battery. I had no clue they could do this. I didn't know anything about it. Donna, tell me what the heck a lithium battery, how it's made, what's designed. Why are these a problem? What do we need to know? Well, first of all, just in a nutshell, I'm just going to go layman's term here. First of all, you find lithium batteries in computers, cameras, cell phones, um, electric cars, things like that. That's what hoverboards Hoverboards have <laughs> lithium battery packs, and that's where we're seeing a problem. And yep. Check the depending on where people. it's manufactured and who manufactures it, you, there's not really, uh, like with the hoverboards a couple of years ago, there wasn't really a safety standard out there for those uh, designs. Because what's mm-hmm. happening with a lithium battery? It's, it, a lithium battery actually is a flammable liquid with electrolytes. So... And it combined into little cells. So what's happening is it's charged, and that that is what's sending power. So you have a flammable okay. liquid enclosed in metal, okay, with That's little pieces totally of fine. metal, for lack of a better term, floating around, okay? <laughs> okay. Now, I could be dumb here, and, and I am when it comes to these type of things, but to me, what you're describing, I'm already going, hey, that's a cool little bomb I could make. That A lithium battery by itself is scary. It is, but it, they, are, they are safe providing you take care. Here's what happens with laptops. They overheat, and degradation occurs. So here you have this thing that is set to function, but as it heats, again, just like fire, we're talking about a chemical reaction. Things are degrading, and when you apply heat to anything, they start to degrade. And so what happens with laptops, improper cooling. People throw things on them. They leave them sitting, you know, let's say Mm -hmm. they put it on their lap or on their bed, yeah. It's not venting properly, so you're actually heating that battery up, and it starts to swell. That's what happened to uh, your friend, is that battery <clears throat> had started the process of swelling up and then exploding. There's, there's an explosive type versus just the fire. Interesting. Now, see, I... And I would have known it, and she actually said, or, or my IT person who had told me the story said, each day thought, wow, she must have dropped it because the laptop had actually, um, where the keyboard was, it was starting to separate a little bit from the side from swelling, where, where the lithium battery was swelling. I would not right. have guessed that they would have done that. And, yeah, so if... Well, so I'm going to say people, she was very lucky, and he was very lucky, uh, that that did not explode uh, in front of them as they were holding it or as it was sitting in front of her. It's yes, very I mean, dangerous. This is actually, he had sent me the pictures, and and if I still have them, and by the way, people, yes, I'm working on updating my website to give you some fun stuff. I'll throw it up on there. I'll send you a on it because I was so amazed at how much damage it caused, and and this is just one of these moments where he had just happened to look at it over 
you know, two or three days' time to the point where he's like, something's really wrong with this. And he took it outside to come back in and tell her, hey, back up your stuff through the server or whatever they were doing. And this was not much longer, you know, 15, 20 minutes later, he goes out there and this is completely, the laptop is just blown apart. And the best part was is she was leaving in the next hour to grab a flight um, and head back home. So she could have been mm. sitting on the airplane with this laptop in her, you know, lap in between a couple people on the flight and go, boom. So, uh, yeah, something so simple, a laptop, who would know? Um, well, and so, so here's some tips for everyone out there mm-hmm. with lithium battery packs is with a laptop, keep it cool. They actually sell um, fans. You can actually buy a fan that you set your laptop on and it'll, it'll keep it cooled down. Um, mm-hmm. Don't throw things on top of it. Um, when it comes to other type, uh, types of, of things with those batteries, don't, don't damage the batteries. Don't, if you drop them and they get punctured, they can short out if you, and they can swell up and do the same thing. If you ever notice, like, the kind for a camera battery, you know, the smaller kind, like the size mm-hmm, of your mm-hmm. finger, mm-hmm. they are protected with a plastic, you know, a soft plastic. Over time, that plastic can come off, and now you have, you have exposed metal. And now you're, you're putting it, and you're, and you're using, you know, you, you, it can short out. So don't use them. If they're punctured, if you've dropped them, there's been impact damage, it can move the cells inside the battery itself and short out. And also it, the outside, you can actually close the circuit and, and short out. And now you've got a flammable liquid, <laughs> okay? Because that won't be a problem to add to it. That's fine. Right. <laughs> sure. No problems there. Okay, and there's, yes, go ahead. Well, humor me. So let's say I'm one of these people who loves to throw my laptop on the bed every night and not ventilate it like I should. Again, I burn my bagels. I I do my own wiring. Why not throw my laptop on the bed? I'm not fire hazard at all. I'm pretty sure they're going to cancel my homeowner's policy today, by the way, anybody who listens to the show. But anyway, um, so let's say I'm one of these people who, who, you know, I'm looking at my my keyboard and that I'm thinking, yeah, this computer, it frailing, overheats. This laptop is just always warm sitting here on this on this area. You know what? Maybe I should really change out this battery and get a new one because I'm not real good about it. Are, are there any, what's the most recommended safe way to now dispose of this battery so that we don't have issues? Um, if you're going to replace it, go to the place that's going to replace it and let them do that. Uh, don't throw it in the trash. Um, actually take it somewhere. There, You can even... If you don't know what to, where to go or you're not going to replace it, uh, go to your fire department and talk to there them, and they'll know what to do. That's the thing that I recommend the most is for people to reach out to the experts in that, and just so, and, and they will know. In in different communities, have different programs. But if you go to you know a Best Buy or something like that, um, and they replace it, they'll keep the other one and dispose of it. So basically, I've eliminated, by, by adding that in today, I've eliminated 1,000 fires across the U.S. that were going to happen this week. For people like me, it went, hmm, I'm not real feeling real good about this battery. I'm going to toss it in my trash can and leave my trash set in my garage this week until they come pick it up. When I can have a house fire from the battery, and then we'll be caught. Yeah, yeah, I can see it. 
people yeah. don't do what I would do. Please uh, take it, like Donna said, to someone qualified, at, you know, when you're going into Home Depot, or not Home Depot, um, um, home repair shops that will do your laptops or fire department, if nothing else. Good call. Right. Good call. Um, hoverboards, people. Why? Because it's Christmas. I just came back from Florida cat duty. And, you know, I'm up in Ohio where it's, I don't know, what are we at today? I think we get a balmy 20. I think where you are, you're in the teens today, Donna. Yeah, I think we're going to get up to 22. Ooh, ooh, break out the suntan lotion. But I came back from Florida, and i got to tell you, these hoverboards that everyone sees, these where you stand on them, you got the wheel on each side, those are becoming more and more popular. Those have frail and lithium batteries, people. Did Yeah, so they're a fire hazard. And again, check the Consumer Product Safety Commission website, please. Um, there are multiple different ones listed on there. Um, a few other items that are odd, and, and I threw these on here. Why? Because I found out this, uh, this last month that I'm going to become a grandma for the first time. Woohoo! Um, Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yay. Wasn't me. I had no part of it. Not really. <laughs> anyway, but I'll be there for the rest. But so here is part of my New Year's resolution and, and things I'm asking of everyone out there or part of your New Year's resolution, are to do certain things to protect your dwelling, uh, your family. Um, and one of the big things to do that is to definitely check everything on the Consumer Product Safety Commission. Um, I was amazed at some of the things I found on there that are basic household items. Um, there is a, uh, a warmer. You know how you, you heat up bottles and, and little food containers? There's a warmer on there. And we're talking over a quarter of a million of these are out there, and they're a potential fire hazard. There was a, um, a baby swing, because, you know, we all put baby swing. <laughs> Leave your kid mm-hmm. in there and let them go to sleep. That was on there. I mean, are these, I guess my thing, Donna, is, you know, obviously you investigate fires for um, potential arson, but people, I can't stress this enough, and, and Donna will tell you, Donna, tell, tell, tell the public how we feel about insurance, the pool theory, the piggy bank theory. Yeah, and so insurance basically is a pool, as you said. So if you think, and, and, and I always break this down in my classes, when people get upset, I've paid you know 25 years and my, my rates keep going up. Well, everything that happens around you affects your rate. We're all in this together. If you, and, and here's how I'll break it down individually. Let's say you pay $1,000 a year for your homeowner's insurance. You have a fire. It's a total loss. It's 250000 So that would literally be 250 years before you broke mm-hmm. even. So that money mm-hmm. is coming from everybody else paying in. And the mm-hmm. reason that rates go up and the reason that things happen the way they happen is because of what people are doing. So if you live in an area where there's a high amount of theft, per se, uh, car theft, mm-hmm. you're going to see mm-hmm. a rate increase in auto insurance in that area. And I'm sorry, but it is what it is. <laughs> that, it's just how the world works, people. It is. But that's why um, it's so important to me to not only protect you guys, your assets, but by doing this, you're helping the general public as well. Because if you are, if you're taking care of your stuff, um, uh, making sure to prevent these fires, 
that's helping reduce everybody's rates and, and not increase them. And Donna, I adore her because um, she she loves to get to the truth when she's out there on a fire. They're not all arsons. And the big reason that we call people like Donna out there is I want to know exactly what caused the fire. It's not that we're out to get arsonists and that's our big woohoo, yay, excitement. It's because fires are started by something, as we've talked about here today, laptops, um, uh, other items that are electronics. There's generally a human component involved, but there's generally a potential for subrogation where the carrier, even though they've paid a loss, can go back after the uh, manufacturer, the laptop, the, the lithium battery, the hoverboard, the whatever it may be to recoup those monies um, to help keep everybody's rates the way they should be. And it advises the general public um, what to watch out for. Um, we have another couple minutes left, Donna, before our engineer, Aaron, is going to kick us off. Um, and by the way, I just have to share this tidbit. It has nothing to do with insurance. But by the way, I realized um, we don't exactly follow FCC regulations on here. So I can drop naughty words now and then. So... Um, but, you don't know what could happen on the next show, people. I found out I can use, you know, the bad words, so it, it could be more entertaining. Um, Donna, give us give us one more helpful tip. I'm going to put the pressure on you. we got one minute. Give me one more helpful tip for our listeners today to get them going. Well, the, the, and I'm just going to do an overall. Um, it, just pay attention. Just, that, that's all it takes. Most things can be avoided, accidents, fires, uh, pretty much anything if you're just paying attention to your surroundings and you're doing using things properly um, and, and following the safety tips. You know, don't don't damage the lithium batteries. Don't walk away from a cooking chicken. You know, don't do these things. That is going to prevent the majority of these things happening. So more focus, doing what we should do, what we've been told to do, and people like me who think we can get away with it won't, and we need to uh, pay better attention to keep ourselves safe. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's what I have. Donna, how can people reach out to you? And this is for my people out here listening who are in my field who love to hire wonderful fire investigators. Um, Give me some info, Donna. Uh, Fire Consulting International out of Kansas City. Uh, You can go to fcifire.com, and you'll find all our information there. Uh, We do work internationally. And, uh, yeah, I'm on there. You'll actually see a picture of me. Just skim on by. (laughs) Oh, well, then I'm going on this afternoon here just so I can see the updated look, see what we got. We also have Mike Schlattman on there. I love these guys. They're wonderful. Um, Tell you what, everybody. Thank you for joining me and Donna Ingram today. Uh, Please join me next week with more CYA with Rhonda for some more fun-filled insurance info so that we can help you cover your assets. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in this week for CYA with Rhonda. Please join your host, Rhonda Lukey, again next Friday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time and 9 a.m. Eastern Time as we talk insurance again on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until we talk again, stay safe.